0: amen all right Uh, this is a special service for a license to preach for brother hordesheimer and uh, just give you a little information so you understand why we're doing this and what is taking place Uh, everything is to be through the local church and uh, the church has uh, the autonomy and the authority uh, given by Christ he is the head of the church but everything ought to go through the church. There's there's something called parachurch ministries that are offshoots uh, that have been started that did not originate in the local church. They're not under the authority of the local church, so they're not under the umbrella or protection of uh, the local church, and they really don't have the true biblical license to to do these things. Uh, So, Basically, uh, this is just to show that we approve of, the, of God's call in his life, and that he has uh, shown evidence Amen. with a desire, and also the gift uh, in the ministry of uh, the Word of God. And uh, in doing so tonight, you know, he, we will hear him preach, and uh, you know his testimony, and then uh, we will license him so really it's a biblically legal so to speak a a certification through this local church and i was thinking about how amazing it is that uh you know i believe in lineage and i know he does too to uh be in the lineage of lester roloff and jack hiles it's really amazing when you think about how the gospel has been passed down through the generation um, in the so-called family tree and uh just give you a real quick testimony uh, so we can hear him Uh, it's very amazing with the providence and sovereignty of God Uh, brother Horgesheimer's sister Lindsay was taking piano lessons from Miss James and I'm not sure the time frame or any of these things but over a period of time she was taking lessons and something came up about martial arts and she wanted to take martial arts and she did for a while Anyways, Ms. James told him that I teach, and then uh, he got in contact with me and he started coming to my house, taking lessons, he calls it the driveway, and a lot of great things happened on, on the driveway, uh, but uh, one thing led to another, I, I didn't even tell him I was saved, I, I let a relationship develop for a while, And then I don't remember, he mentioned this the other night, he made a statement about something and I said, that's not right, biblically. And then that led to him on a study and search for the truth. And uh, he struggled for a while, uh, but uh, he finally came to conclusion, Christ is the answer and he believed on Christ. And then uh, he was baptized, made a public profession and then I lose track of time, but he's been faithful. How many years has it been? Thirteen. Thirteen years. So uh, you know, we were taught you measure faithfulness and success in decades, not days or weeks or years. Right. But uh, right. he's proven himself uh, very faithful. He right. he's at every service if he can be there. Uh, he's at RU every Friday night. Think about that. Soul winning commits to Saturdays uh, brings his family to church Uh, he's led them and he's very trustworthy worthy very loyal friend and uh, believes the King James Bible and he's been a great encouragement to me and a really true friend to us and uh, to me my brother and our families and many of you and so he's answered God's call and uh, we want to support him in this and he has exhibited the gift and so uh let's hear him tonight and uh pray for him that the lord would use him and help him to grow and have uh, an effective ministry so we'll ask him to come at this time and he is going to speak to us and i'd ask that you give him a good hearing amen
1: if I said I wasn't nervous. So I'm a little nervous, but um, I remember the preacher saying his first sermon, he had about 12 pages of notes, so here we go. <laughs> um, I just want to say that I'm truly thankful for every one of you, and uh, the brethren, the sisters, and I just want to Thank you, church family, for uh, everything you do for me, your encouragement to me as well. And without further ado, uh, I ask that you would all stand. Amen. If you would, open your Bibles to Second Chronicles chapter 29. As I was uh, preparing this, this study last week, week i've been working on it for a few weeks now Uh, i didn't realize how much a lot of it would line up with today's uh message but a lot of it does so it's very exciting to see how god works so recently turned 40 and
0: uh
1: i'm in the club (laughs) all right Second Chronicles chapter twenty-nine. We're just going to read uh, verses one and two, and then we're going to jump to verse twenty-five through thirty-one. We'll read these responsively. Uh, Second Chronicles twenty-nine, verses one and two, to start. It says Hezekiah began to reign when he was five and twenty years old, and he reigned nine and twenty-nine years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David his father had done. Now jump to verse 25. And he set the Levites in the house of the Lord with cymbals and psalteries and with harps, according to the commandment of David and of Gad the king's seer and Nathan the prophet, for so was the commandment of the Lord by his prophets. And the Levites stood with the instruments of David and the priests with trumpets. And Hezekiah commanded to offer the burnt offering upon the altar. And when the burnt offering began, the song of the Lord began also with the trumpets and with the instruments ordained by David, king of Israel. And all the congregation worshipped, and the singers sang, and the trumpeters sounded. And all this continued until the burnt offering was finished. And when they had made an end of offering... The king and all that were present with him bowed themselves and worshipped. Moreover, Hezekiah the king and the princes commanded the Levites to sing praise unto the Lord with the words of David and of Asaph the seer, and they sang praises with gladness, and they bowed their heads and worshipped. Then Hezekiah answered and said, Now ye have consecrated yourselves unto the Lord. Come near and bring sacrifices and thank offerings into the house of the Lord, and the congregation brought in sacrifices and thank offerings, and as many as were of a free heart, burnt offerings. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to open your word and share it with those who are listening, Father. And I pray that you would fill me with your spirit and give me the power to, to preach tonight, Father, and that I would bring glory to your name, Father. And All all for you, Father. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So, the text verse... Take these off now. For the moment. Text verse is verse 31. And I've titled this, Consecrate Yourselves Unto the Lord. Consecrate Yourselves Unto the Lord. So let me give you a quick background of of what's taking place here. Uh, As we read in verse 1, King Hezekiah has just taken over. He's 25 years old, and he inherits the kingdom uh, from a wicked father. But it says he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Now his father was King Ahaz. And King Ahaz was a very wicked man, a wicked king. So wicked that he took a portion out of the house of the Lord. Something that didn't belong to him, it belonged to God. He took it out of the house of the Lord and he gave it to the king of the Assyrians. And then he took the vessels out of the house of the Lord. And it says he cut them up and he ultimately shut the doors of the house of the Lord. Shut the doors of the house of the Lord and offered sacrifices to false gods. He built up high hedges, he built up the high altars, and he set up false sacrifices. Or he set up sacrifices to false gods. So, when he dies, this is what Hezekiah inherits. But Hezekiah is wise. What does he do? Immediately, it says, in the first year of the first month of his reign. That means right away, Hezekiah reopens the doors. Reopens the doors of the house of the Lord. He restores temple worship once again. And he sets the house of the Lord in order. He brings in the people together, the congregation. He brings them all in. They offer the offerings and they consecrate themselves to God. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. Tonight I want to talk about that word, consecrate. The truth of what consecration is. You see, what does it mean? What does consecration mean? I want to touch on that. And how does it apply, and what areas of our life does it apply to everyone? I'm going to touch on that tonight. Now, there's some truths. Obviously, we know these, but... Number one, God desires for all of His people to have a true change of heart. You see, once you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the change begins. You become indwelt with the Holy Spirit. God desires that you have a true change of heart. And that will be evident as time goes on. Another thing we know about our Heavenly Father is He wants a deeper, intimate relationship with you. Not just with me, not with the pastors, with each and every one of us individually. He wants a deep, intimate relationship with you. He wants to be part of your life. God wants more for our lives than to just be saved. We heard the sermon this morning. We can build. He wants more for us then to just get by being saved. That's okay, I'm saved. Now, if you're saved, great. Amen, brother or sister. That's great. But there's more to life than just being saved. Right. He fills you with His Spirit. And He's going to give you a purpose. And the question is, are you going to live for that purpose? Are you going to consecrate yourself? Now, the word consecrate, essentially it means to be emptied and filled up and set apart for God. Now, it comes from four different Hebrew words. And I wrote them down. And uh, my Hebrew is not top-notch, so I do apologize if uh, any scholars out there are watching and I don't pronounce them right. But uh, the first one, Ka dash Ka dash It means to... To be or to make clean. Now, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, are you not made clean? You are washed in His blood. You are made clean. It's a Amen. consecration in and of itself right there. Amen. The second is Nazar. Or as we in the South say, Nazar. Like Nazarite. It means to set apart for sacred purpose. To abstain from impurity. Think of the Nazarite vow. The Nazarite vow. The third word is karam or charim. And it means to seclude. To specifically devote to religious use. Now you've got to realize the priesthood uh, for the Jews, this applied in all different areas of their life. If you go back to Exodus chapter 28 and you start reading about Aaron, you'll see and you'll use these Hebrew words are used throughout different facets of the daily life of someone living in Judah or the Hebrew faith. And the fourth one, and this is the one we're going to focus on the most because it's the one that's in our text, is male. Male. Now this means to fill Or to be made full of. Now, consecration. I was taught this when I first started. Begins with an empty hand. Begins with an empty hand. Leaving the world behind. Coming to God empty. Why? Because He gives you a purpose. And 1 Thessalonians... Chapter 1 verse 9 tells us he fills us with his being. He gives you a purpose. So I'm gonna go back to martial arts real quick. One of the very first things I learned uh, was you gotta come, you gotta empty your cup. Yeah. You gotta empty your cup. Because the fact is, is there's YouTube martial artists out there, and all these people, you gotta come with an empty cup, I tell you what. Um, quick, quick little story, try to keep on time here. When I was younger, I got beat up pretty bad. Very similar story to uh, someone I know and admire. <laughs> got beat up pretty bad by a few guys. I thought I was a good fighter up until then. Mm. You know, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be a Kung Fu master. You can, you ask my mom and, and that, was, that was my dream, right? A little four-year-old trying to run around doing flying kicks, emulating Bruce Lee. Um, but, I got got to be up pretty good. And so the only thing I could afford was boxing lessons. So the first thing I I did was box, and I boxed for many years. So then when I came over to martial arts, I realized, oh, there's legs to this. You see, I had to empty my cup because, and I I struggled at first, I'll be the first to admit, I, I struggled at first because I always wanted to revert back to boxing. But once I emptied my cup, I was able to be filled with the knowledge of the martial art and the lineage that has been given to me to pass on, Lord willing, to others. So, consecration. You come empty so you can be filled up by the Holy Spirit. Now, a consecrated life, a consecrated life, a consecrated life is one that seeks to bring honor to God one that seeks to speak on the name of Christ, to embody that to glorify both. That is what a consecrated life is. It seeks to bring honor. How does it begin? Well, you got to empty yourself first.
0: Amen.
1: You got to empty yourself first. You got to come in with all the knowledge you might have seen on TV or learned in school and you got to empty yourself. Why? Because God's going to do something. The minute you the minute you receive Jesus Christ and it's real, something happens. A baptism happens. You're indwelt with the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're indwelt with the Holy Spirit. So consecration begins with the dwelling, being indwelt with the Holy Spirit. So my question is, does the Holy Spirit reside in you? If it doesn't, if you, you can't answer that, that can be fixed today. That can be fixed tonight. Amen. I promise you. When this is over, you, you can and will be if you so choose. My second question is, if you are indwelt with the Spirit, does He control your life? Does He control your life? Does God have control of your life? Or does the flesh control your life? That's the question here. So... Too many people, too many Christians focus on that moment where they got saved and they forget that being indwelt with the Holy Spirit is an everyday experience. It's a daily walk. Every single day He's there. Are you going to acknowledge His presence? Or are you just going to put Him on the back burner? I see it all the time. I see it all the time. People I work with call themselves Christians. You couldn't tell. Really? so another question is when was the last time the spirit moved me moved you moved anybody out there watching when was the last time the spirit moved you to make godly changes in your life when was the last time only you can answer that now I'm getting into it I'm easing into it said all that so I can get into the, the meat of the message. Consecration is exhibited by our continuous striving for the completion of Jesus' work in our life. Now that's not going to happen until we go home, but we strive for it, right? God, the Bible says, Be perfect, be ye perfect, be ye perfect. You strive for that. What are we doing? We're trying to be like Christ, right? That's the goal, to be like our Savior. Amen. But you got to be consecrated. Now, I ask, as I like to say, if you would, please pull your swords out of your scabbard.
0: Amen.
1: And we're going to turn to Romans chapter 12. By swords I mean the authorized, the King James, the authorized Amen. Word of God. Now, just two two verses, very famous verses. You probably don't even need to turn there, but I'm nervous and I might misquote it. <laughs> All right, Romans 12, chap, uh, chapter 12, verse one and two says, "I beseech ye, beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God." that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans 12, verse 1. I got three keys here. The three, key, three keys to consecration. First one. Verse 1 tells us that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now that's, that's rather interesting because most sacrifices are dead. Right. Right? right? But we are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Right? So, you sacrifice your body. Well, what does that mean? What it means is you must be willing to use your body to live for Him. You must be willing to go outside and live for Him. A living sacrifice. Use your body. It means this. I will go where He tells me to go because He told me to go there. Amen. I'm going to use my body to serve God as best as I can. Amen. That's what you need to do. That's what I need to do. That's what we, the church needs to do. If he tells me, Dallas, and he's been telling me this for a few years now, you need to go knock Knippah. Okay, we're going to knock Kanippa. All right? <laughs> we're going to knock Knippah. But you use your body. I don't mean, oh, push a kid out of the way and take the brunt force from a car. Now, if he tells you to do that, do it. But, you see, as I said earlier, God just doesn't want a portion of your life. God just doesn't want a small portion of your life. He doesn't want you just on Sunday or Sunday night. Uh Uh-uh. He wants all of it. He wants your life. I don't see why we would have any problem giving our life back to him. He gave us everything. Everything. He sent his son for us. So, he wants all of us. But here's the problem. A lot of Christians just show up when it's convenient for them. Mm -hmm. When it's convenient for them. I don't feel like getting up and going to church today. I think I'll stay home. Oh, really? That sounds convenient? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think I need to go Sunday night. Why? It's not convenient for me. Why? Oh, there's a TV show on? Uh Okay. Okay. All right. So, Christians, so-called Christians, Christians, what do they do? They serve God when it's convenient for them, out of convenience for them. Not out of convenience for God. But how quick do we turn to God when, when we need something? Yeah. Oh boy, we turn real quick. We turn real quick. Yeah. But when it's convenient for us, We're just going to... I'll try and fit it into my plans. We'll see. I might show up. I'm good. No. You see, He wants us in all areas. He wants all areas of our life to be surrendered to Him. Amen. Amen. And you you hear that word surrender and you think it's bondage, but it's not bondage. It's freedom. It's real freedom.
0: Amen.
1: So what does that mean? Your desires. Oh, there are things I desire. If my dream is to go play in the NFL and God don't want me to do it, guess what? I ain't doing it. I'm not good enough anyway. I'm a good Monday morning quarterback, but that's about it. But he wants your time. Are you too busy for God? Are we too busy for God? No, he wants our time too. He wants all of it. Every area of our life is what he wants. And why wouldn't we give it back to him? Our time. How many times you go knock on someone's door and you say, Can you give up an hour of your life? One hour. One hour could save your life. That's right. One hour. That's right. Amen. People can't even give up an hour. Yeah. You see, He wants everything. Our job. You know, the preacher tells us what all the time? We might be the only Bible that someone sees. We might be the only Bible that somebody gets. And if we're at work, we sure better be living by this Word. Amen. And sacrifice our body. A living sacrifice. Sacrifice our service. God wants us to serve Him with everything we got. Give Him your best. What do we hear in Sunday school? Our works will be tried. There's going to be things you did that you're going to go to the judgment and you're not going to get credit for because you didn't give your all. All Your heart wasn't in it. It wasn't for the right reason. You're going to lose a reward. He's got to wipe away tears. Think about that. He wants our all. Give him our best. Give our best for what? Our football team? We'll give our best for what? Our job? But we won't give our best for God? Hmm. No. You want to be consecrated? These are things that you need to do. Sacrificial living. Amen. Sacrificial living. We need to give our time to God. I've been knocking this in the head for a while now. <laughs> What about ministries? But you say, but but, but but, brother, I'm too shy. Or I don't know how to talk to people. Or I can't get in a ministry. What can I do? Well, we heard today that, that you can do, got, you got a gift. Amen. Everybody's got a gift. Amen. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But I got, I got a question for you. If, if you can't get in a ministry, God can use a rooster to get someone under condemnation? But you think He can't use you? God can use a donkey to save a man's life, to literally turn and talk to a man? But He can't use you? You think He can't use you? I got news for you. He can use you. He wants your time. Soul winning. You know, you, you you can drop tracks everywhere. How many times do you go up to the convenience store? And you take out your card, and you put it in that funny little device now. Guess what? Take out the card, slap a track down on the counter, pay, grab your receipt, and walk out. Someone's going to see that. Whether it's the clerk or the person coming behind you, they're going to see that. That's a way to use your time. Oh, here's one. Bible reading. Hmm. Can any of us say I read too much Bible? I'm waiting to see a hand here. Because I know I can't. You can always read more Bible. If he wants an intimate relationship with you, you know what takes place in a relationship? Communication. You've got to learn about each other. How are you going to learn about God if you don't go to church? If you don't open your Bible? If you don't sit under preaching? How are you going to learn? How are you going to build that relationship? You can't do it. You can't do it unless you're willing to give up your time, mm-hmm. sacrificial living, guys. Holy thoughts, your thoughts. Sometimes we we, we talk, brother. It's sometimes sometimes bring every thought into captivity. You know, a lot of times you're driving down the road and you'll get a thought and you're thinking, or well, at least me, I can't I can't speak for anybody else. I'm thinking, whoa, where that, whoa, where that where that thought come from? Out of the abundance of the mouth that the heart speak, right? came out of my heart and I'll be like, Father, uh, I don't want to think this thought. I'm asking for, your, for, for power. I'm asking you to help me not think on these things. And you know what I try to do? I try to quote Psalm 1 or John 14, 1 through 6 or Psalm 23 or any of the verses I've studied and I try to get that, that gear going and I try to change the thought back to him. Second key. Oh, on no, I'm tired. So I'm going to try and speed this up. I talk a little bit too much. thought I was going to be a little nervous. Sometimes I get a little too comfortable. Um, verse 2. Verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world. I'll leave it at that. Second key. Separated life. Separated life. Amen. Man, we've been hearing that since the time you got saved. If you got saved in this church... We you got saved in a Bible-believing church, separation, right? We're no longer meant to conform to this world. We are no longer meant to be of this world. Be in it, not of it. Amen. Right? Good. Too many Christians in this world let the world dictate and determine what their ethics, what their values, what their morals are. Well, the world says I need to make this, and the world says I need to do that, and the world says this, and the world says that. But what does God's Word say? What does God's Word say? Now you need to be separated. separate from that. We're supposed to live outside of the influence of the world. Be in it, not of it. You know, we're supposed to be transformed. We're supposed to strive to be like Christ. But if you're at the workplace, it's kind of hard a lot of times. You can hear, come to my workplace, and I'll I'll go to yours, and I'm sure we'll both both be like, (gasps) Now I work in the medical field. And you know what? I got news for you. The doctors don't have the answers. They don't have all the answers. And what is their talk about? It's not about God. So in order to yield to God's will you have to be consecrated. You have to be emptied, filled with the spirit and set apart for God, consecration. To yield to God's will you have to have consecration. So-called churches, they take on the worldly characteristics, right? So-called tr- the worldly characteristics. They dress like the world, they talk like the world, they look like the world. Is that a church? Was that a social club? Mm-hmm. You see, they, don't, they they bring, for example, worldly music. They bring the world into the church. They don't take the church to the world. Right. They bring the world to the church. Look, I always thought. Um, I was thinking. Well, let me give my next point. <laughs> We're to live separated from the world, right? on all around. But the sad reality is Satan has deceived so many people into believing that we don't need to be different from the world. But we do. We do. If I took on YouTube and I put up and I muted it and I took all words off so you don't know what it is and I put side by side rock concert, Christian rock concert and you just watch the crowd and you just look at what's going on you think you can tell the difference? I don't think we can tell the difference. I got news for you. That's not church. That's not. That's not honoring God. So, many Christians, we take on worldly characteristics, do we not? How about this one? Greed. No, never me. I've never been greedy a day in my life. Okay. Lust? Not me. Ah, what about this one? Pride? Yeah. Oh yeah. Every one of us in this room, every one of us in this room. We get full of pride sometimes. We get filled up with pride, swollen up. You gotta check yourself. Does God love the proud people? No. No, read his word. He sure don't. So, they take on bitterness, jealousy. They they take on all these characteristics of the world. The point is, we need to be separate from the world and set aside for service of God. We need to be emptied of the world, filled with the Spirit, and set apart to serve God. Consecrated. How can the church influence the world if you can't tell the difference between the both? We're supposed to be a light to the world. Not the world. Third key. Try to speed up. Sanctified thoughts. Sanctified thoughts. Renewing of the mind. So you see, experiencing consecration doesn't just come from your effort alone. No, no. You see, it comes from the Holy Spirit Within you, doing the work. The change, it's a change that starts on the inside and it manifests outwardly. When you're filled with the Spirit, you can't help but change. If you look at yourself today as a saved person and you look at who you were when you were lost, you should see change. So it begins with the change, the indwelling of the Spirit, and it leads to the renewing of the mind. As it says, renewing of the mind. The mind. Dallas, my mind says, raise your left arm. Guess what? It's the source of my thought, the source of my action. My mind. My mind. But once we can get that mind renewed and th- think on these things, think on these things. You get the the, the mind, it gets renewed. Now you're set on the path to be more like Jesus, to be more like Christ, when you start to have a renewing of the mind. But it starts with the inward, from the inside. It's got to come from the inside. You have to be filled. You have to be filled. This change of thought, when your thoughts change, when your mindset changes, what do you desire? You desire to do the will of God. You desire to do the things God tells you to do. And I got news for you. Sometimes obeying the will of God may not be easy. Sometimes it might feel hard. But it's always possible. It's always possible if you do this. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. Trust that He has the power to give you the power to get it done and obey. Submit to His will for your life. It can be done. Trust and obey. So, in conclusion, this is for us. What areas of your life, my life, our life, what areas uh, can be consecrated? Think about this. How about this? As we we, we heard it this morning, and it's so true. Our abilities. Our abilities. God gave you a gift. God gave every one of us a spiritual gift. Now the question is are you going to use that gift for God? Or are you going to selfishly use it for yourself? Are you going to use that gift and honor God? Or are you going to try to deny it? Again, are you content with your growth? Are you content with what you know about God, about God's word? Are you content with your relationship with God? These are all areas where you can be emptied, filled, and set apart. Here's one. Are you intimidated to use your gift? Tell you what, if you would have told me 15 years ago, Dallas, you're going to stand up in a Front of a bunch of people on live TV preaching God's word, I would have said, What? Not me. Uh uh-uh. uh. Not me. No way. You seen me in speech class? mm uh. No way. I get red when the wind blows. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> but no. Here I am. Our gifts. Sometimes you you might feel intimidated or scared to use the gift that God gave you. What about lifestyle? See, God wants us to live for His glory. Are there things that you constantly do that may be unpleasing to God? Are there things in our lives that we constantly do that may be unpleasing to God? Think about that. Mold it over for a little bit. Are there times in your life... Talking about lifestyle here, that you willingly do what you know you shouldn't do. You willingly do it, you know you shouldn't do it, but you willingly do it. Again, how about this one? Maybe you speak or you act in a manner that tears down instead of building up. I've seen this happen. I've seen this happen. Now, today we learned what? Solomon had a desire to build, right? And he had a force. He had a workforce. Now, imagine they lay three bricks and one guy comes up and takes one brick. That's what this is saying. So many people care so much about, well, I can't stand or how come so-and-so is growing in grace and they want to tear people down rather than build them up. Rather than go out and say, man, you, you, you're doing great, brother. Let me help you. It's like, hmm, yeah, good job, good job. And then attitude. God wants, wants us to live with grace.
0: Amen.
1: Do you ever hold grudges? <laughs> I got real quiet. <laughs> Holding grudges called not forgiving. But well, you don't understand, I can't get over this because this happened and ya, 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 ya. Well, guess what? What if God said, I can't forgive you because of yah, ya, 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 ya. No. You can't harbor and hold on to a grudge. You can't harbor resentment. You can't be filled with bitterness. If you're all, always bitter, how are you going to get better? These three... Are areas in our lives where we can look, we may need consecration. Our abilities, our lifestyles, our attitudes, our service. So, I'm finished. But just like Hezekiah chose to do that which was right in the sight of the Lord, right? He consecrated himself and he brought the whole congregation together, consecrated the congregation. They were then filled up. The house of God was opened. He opened back up the house of God. Maybe there's something in your life where you have wood boarded up in some area of your life. You need to open it up and let it be filled. Reopen the doors of our lives. Consecrate ourselves. I'm sure we all have areas where we could use a little consecration. Now, set our temple up. Serve Him. Maybe reestablish some things in our life. I'm finished. I ask that everybody would bow their head. just want to ask you a couple questions. Nobody's looking. Nobody's looking but me. Maybe God has revealed it to you in your heart that there's some areas of your life that you may need to use this, apply this truth to. Maybe there's some things that you have that you need to empty out so that He can fill you up. I'm going to say a prayer and we're going to have an invitation. If God's putting it on your heart that there's some things in your life that you need to work on, why not come up to the altar and leave it at the altar and let Him fill you here today with His Spirit and get back on the right track? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You once again for all who are here and for this truth, the truth of consecration. I pray that You would help all of us to look at the areas of our life, Father, and If need be, get things right. Father, empty ourselves so that we could be filled with you, so that we could be used by you to honor you and to glorify you, Father. Pray for everybody here that if there's anybody that's got it on their heart, Father, I pray that you would work in their heart tonight, Father. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.